Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This is the Essential Bible Studies Podcast. My name is Tim Young. And my name is Tom Colby. I want to welcome you to uh, another podcast, and I'm really glad to have Tom here with me. He's my buddy on our Bible study nights, our Bible study group. We've been looking at this aspect of faith as a word, and this all came from an earlier podcast where we looked at Hebrews chapter 6, and we found in verse 1 there part of the list of foundational principles or things that we should really know and study about, one of those was faith toward God. And so, obviously, faith is a very important subject for us to delve into and to understand. It's very much a bedrock principle. Our whole discipleship is going to be based on our our faith. So, the more we understand it, the better our discipleship is going to be. It's an interesting word. In the New Testament, the the Greek word is pistis, and I find it interesting because it's used both as a noun, as a verb, and as uh, an adjective. So you can have the faith, or you can as a noun. You can be a believing, which is a verb, and then you can be faithful, which is an adjective. And then you can be unfaithful, and you can have all these opposite acts uh, to it. So the word is very interesting. So it's going to take us a while to kind of break this down. We're going to have to have more than one podcast. This first one, I think we're going to start at the very beginning and just talk about faith and what is faith? Do we Are we sure that we have a full understanding of what faith is? And then we can turn maybe later to talk about how do we get faith or how do we increase our faith and why is faith so important to our salvation and how we have to have a unity in the faith. So there's lots here to talk about, but let's just start off by talking about what is faith. And I mean, Tom, to you, like what passage would stand out about a definition for faith? Right. The passage that we read at the outset of this podcast comes from Hebrews chapter 11. And this verse really gives us a very precise definition of faith. And it's the first verse of the great chapter about faith in the book of Hebrews. Matter of fact, faith is mentioned 23 times in the 39 verses in this chapter. That is a description of the faithful individuals whose lives are recorded for us in the Bible. So if we had any like recommendation is like sit down and read Hebrews chapter 11 right now, because that is the chapter on faith. Absolutely. And I'm going to read that verse again, because it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And one of the things the previous podcast has done is talked about using different versions of the Bible. And I think this is a good example of why we compare versions of the Bible uh, in an effort to gain a complete understanding of the message that is delivered to us. Because for an example here on this verse, uh, in the King James Version, the word assurance is rendered substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Well, substance is what something is made of, the material yeah. of it or or the uh, the matter. Basically, what is its foundation? Yeah. So that's the substance of it's things like It's like what for. makes it concrete. Right. Yeah. I, I would say that. And then the word conviction 
in the King James Version is rendered evidence. So it, it is faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So evidence so, is like proof. That's proof because yeah. the idea is that the basis of faith is evidence. People yeah. talk about blind faith. Oh, the yeah. faith of the Bible is not a blind faith. No. And, you know, what do we mean by that? Well, if we were to go on and read the next verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2, it says, For by it, that is faith, the people of old received their commendation. And once again, uh, in the King James, people of old is rendered elders, and commendation is obtained a good report, or in the revised version, it says, had witness born unto them. Okay. So we have the idea that through their faith, people had evidence given to them. There was a basis for their faith. It wasn't that their faith was just blind, they believed things, but there was evidence for it. So and, when they when they believed it and they understood it and they believed it, they got a good report, as the King James says. They got a good report card. They it? did. <laughs> they, they got did. A pluses. Right. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, an example of that is they believed what had been revealed to them. And a good example of that uh, in, in Hebrews 11 and verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Well, that's interesting because if we talk about that, and a good example of that, if we go to Genesis chapter 1, we see that repeatedly it says during that that God said and then certain things happened. Yeah. Okay? And so it's the word of God that we have to hear. And it says God said in that, in that chapter 10 times, God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said this, it happened. So by the word of God... Things were created. They didn't see that happen, but they understood from what had been revealed to them that God made it happen. So, uh, and they could see in the world around them the evidence of the creation of God. And so that's kind of what we have. You know, there's a, there's a verse in the prophet Amos uh, in chapter 3 and verse 7 that says, The Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. So the prophets spoke to the people and they heard the word of God. Right. So, so you're saying this evidence then is in creation itself when we see the, the beauties of creation and how and the complex and, or, and orderly it is. Right. That, that is evidence for us. It, it, it absolutely is. The idea that all of this order and preciseness in creation just happened yeah. takes more blind faith to believe that than it does to believe that there was intelligence behind it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, now one other thing uh, – I'd like to look at is uh, another verse that we have for us talking about the fact that God says, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. It's not as if the word of God is not giving you the evidence you need. An example is in Isaiah chapter 46 and verses 9 to 11. We read this. It says, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will accomplish all my purpose. Calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country, I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. Mm -hmm. So what God is saying is, listen to what I say, and then look and see what happens. Right. You have the evidence there 
from the Word of God that I am who I say I am. So prophecy is prophecy. another example of the evidence that we have. Absolutely. And for myself, and I believe probably many other people, the prophecy that made me believe the Bible is true as a, as a young teen was uh, things concerning the nation of Israel. Right. And once again in Isaiah, uh, God says he singles out the nation of Israel as being a witness to the world of who he is. And I'd like to read from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 10 to 13, because this is God and he's speaking to Israel and he says, you are my witness or witnesses, declares the Lord. And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me was no God formed, nor shall there be any after me. I, I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you. And you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also henceforth I am he, there is none who can deliver from my hand, I work, and who can turn it back. Now, I can just interject there, because in verse 10, it says, that you may know and believe me and understand. So there's that word believe, which is our faith Faith connection, our faith word. Absolutely. And it's very true. And anyone who's familiar with the Bible, in particular the Old Testament, knows that it is the story of the nation of Israel, where it how it originated, where it was going, what actually happened, how they turned from God and how he scattered them all over the world and he brought them back. All of these things are how they became a witness to all the world around them that pay attention to this because you are the witness or the evidence that I got exist. Right. So if you're a student of history and you read that, how the nation of Israel got got back and established and you know your Bible, you really see the hand of God at work in our day and age. Particularly right. in our day and age. Yeah. Okay, so you, you've you gone through, Tom, here, talking to us about Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and how this, how this assurance or this conviction comes from the creation itself. I mean, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says that. And from the Word of God, both what's been accomplished in the past and what he says is going to happen in the in the future. And so to me, going back to Hebrews chapter 11, you have that verse again. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And you mentioned earlier that faith is not blind. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think faith is about being able to see. It gives you another dimension to see into the future. It's not blind at all. No. It opens up a whole new vista for you to be able to have this foresight into who God is and his whole plan and purpose and what he is going to do in the future. He describes it at one place in the Bible. It's like a veil being Being lifted yeah so that people can see clearly right yeah so that's the way we should look at faith is is it's not something that's kind of airy fairy it's very solid based on on evidence and it gives us faith is just having this assurance or this trust in god and so we have this sight and i think it's interesting in hebrews chapter 11 if you go through it and just see how many times he talks about people having this 
sight or looking for something in the future, because that's really what this is all about. So, for example, he says, verse 1, he said, it's the conviction of things not seen. So, an example of this is also in verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen. So, there's our connection there. He's given us an example of Noah in the flood of Genesis, and God told him it was going to come. So, what does he do? Faith in God's word, moves him to build this terrifically huge ark in his backyard. You talk about a crazy idea to everybody during the day and age, yet that ark became his his preaching to the world that God was going to bring judgments on the world. And so he had foresight that that saved him from the judgments that were uh, to come. Uh, Another example of this in Hebrews is verse 10 where it goes on to talk about Abraham, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. So even though he lived in tents and he wandered around, he had this forward-looking faith. He was looking forward to a, the city, something that had was more solid than just the tent that he was living in. Verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 11, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. So there's this this distance. They're looking off in the distance, and they can definitely see the promises that were given to them coming to pass, but they didn't receive them during their day and age. And then finally, uh, there's another one in verse 27. He goes on to talk about Moses. By faith... He left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So he's talking about God, or in in our life, we're talking about God. We're talking about seeing the Lord Jesus Christ, who is uh, sitting at the right hand of God. We can't see him now just yet. So faith is this idea of having our eyes open to be able to see these things and believe. Right. So I want to go to John chapter 20 as a connection here. John chapter 20 and verse 26. Because there's a lesson here about faith. So many people in our day and age say, well, unless you can prove it to me, unless I can see it, unless I can touch it, I am not going to believe. There's this kind of build up in science and and experiments where there's this kind of naturalistic sense that people have that they have to see it to believe it. And whereas the Bible is asking us to uh, use our brains in a different way and to think about these things in a spiritual way and to develop our knowledge and our foresight through faith in the Word of God. And this really comes to a head in this passage in John 20, and I'm starting at verse 26. And we might be familiar with this because this is about the disciple Thomas who, after the resurrection of Jesus, didn't believe that he had raised from the dead. And so he basically says, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and place my my hand into his side where that spear pierced his side, he says, I, I will never believe, he says. So he says that in verse 25, right? So he, Thomas had this faith. He was a doubting Thomas because he says, I, I got to I, my hands have to touch this to believe it. Right. That's the name I'm stuck with. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tom Colby. The, right. Yeah. I, I don't oh, doubt, but yeah. I have in my life. <laughs> 
So in verse 26, it says, Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And so Thomas had something that none of us have. He And Jesus invited him to do this. He says, go ahead and, and touch me, and touch my side. If you can imagine uh, Jesus opening up the fold of his garment and, and, and actually showing the side and allowing Thomas just to feel that. Now, imagine being in that place and being able to touch the Lord and actually touch those wounds is in, incredible, isn't it? Well, it's the faith or it's the it's a, the evidence that he requested. Yes. And Jesus gave it to him to the letter. Yeah. But we don't have that, but there's a blessing behind that because Jesus says right after that in verse 29, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And this this is the whole reason John wrote his Gospels. In fact, if you go and just do a word count of the word faith and believe in the Scriptures, do you know which book of the Bible has the most occurrences of of faith in it? I don't recall. It's actually the Gospel of John. Okay. Because it's a a large book, Mm -hmm. and it it just mentions it all the time about believing. And in fact, this is the reason that he wrote the Gospels in verse 31. Right after this, he says, But these are written... So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. The idea here is that because of what I've told you, you've seen it come to pass. Therefore, you believe that other things I've said will also come to pass. Yes. And, you know, there's there's a companion verse, really, in the first epistle of Peter. Oh, yeah. uh, To this thought. And Peter talks about. I think I know which one you're talking about. It's in right. verse uh, chapter one, yeah. Yeah, First Peter chapter one and verse eight. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read verses eight and nine. Peter says, "Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls." So this is what those who have not seen Jesus, we in our day, all those who didn't live in the day and actually see Jesus, and those who went before, they had to believe in God's purpose. Yeah. And they saw these things and they believed in them. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect verse. I think almost, if you look at it, it almost seems to be Peter commenting on the Doubting Thomas incident in John chapter 20. Yeah. It's a response to... Because Peter was there. He was there. Yeah. And so he remembered what the Lord had said. Blessed are those who believe, though they haven't seen. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's there's the key, and I, it really ties back into Hebrews chapter eleven, our our kind of key passage back here, and that faith is being able to see, even though things are invisible or they're not seen, doesn't mean that they're not real, and God God is expecting us to build this trust in Him to build this relationship with him, right? Because we only build trust and faith in somebody when we really have a relationship with them and we know we know them and we know their purpose in life. 
is not unlike a, a concept like the wind or okay. gravity. Right. You can't literally see the wind, but you can sure see the effect of it. Right. You can't see gravity, but step off of something high, you know what happens. <laughs> yeah, you so can be assured. It's, it's not yeah. unlike that. Right, right, uh, yes. So there's another very important verse in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So Hebrews 11 is all about faith in action. All the, He's really defining faith by examples for us. But in verse 6, he says, And without faith... It is impossible to please him, that is God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So there's actually two things here about our faith that is so essential. You see the word impossible there. It's impossible to please God unless we have faith, first of all, that he exists, but that's not all, right? It says, and that he rewards those who seek him. So it's this understanding that God has promised us certain things and that he is going to bring those to pass so that those who have that faith in him might be rewarded. It's very similar to that passage in in John that we just read, that you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and that by believing, you might have life through his name. Right. And, you know, it goes on in Hebrews, actually, in verse 13. It talks about the faithful people that talked about. It says, they all died in faith, not having received the things promised. Right. But having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers. So they were looking forward to something else. Right. Right. And then at the end of the chapter... It goes on and repeats that. It says in verses verse 39 and 40, it says, And all these, that is, all of these faithful people that we've just read about in, in Hebrews chapter 11, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. I know that last verse kind of confuses some people. Like, what does that mean? Right. Well, you know, first of all, it says that they were commended. Remember, we were talking about it earlier. That means they obtained a good report and they had witness born unto them. But to be made perfect doesn't, it means to be complete. God has a purpose with what he's going to do with his people. And they looked forward to the day when that would happen, and that was they were looking forward to a resurrection. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about being made perfect with all of these faithful of old is the day when Jesus Christ comes back and he raises all of the dead, all the right. faithful of old, with us who might still be alive during that time. Right. And all at the same time, we will be made perfect. That is, we'll be changed. Our bodies will be changed in the resurrection. We'll be made immortal. Right. And this is a thing that helps us to understand what God is talking about that in the in the book of Acts he talks about the fact that he has been calling out of the nations a people for his name. And Hebrews eleven tells us that until he finishes doing that, that day is not going to come. Right. So we don't know the exact day or the hour, but we know that it will come because that's the purpose of God. To have a kingdom of God and, and raise people from the dead and put them in it. So faith is not just believing that God exists. It's believing that he is going to bring about his kingdom on earth, which involves a resurrection 
right. of the faithful and, and Jesus Christ coming back and right. establishing this this kingdom. So there's there's things that we have to believe in right. to make our faith complete. So you're bringing out here the aspect of resurrection Absolutely. as important for our, our belief, right. what we understand about it. Well, that. we know that in his great speech on Mars Hill, the Apostle Paul talked about the fact that God has appointed a day in which he's going to judge the world in righteousness. And he's given evidence that we're told because he has appointed a man that he's going to do that and that he has raised him from the dead. So resurrection is a real thing. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about this more because there were some people who were saying that there is no resurrection of the dead. Yeah, crazy and talk. It, it, uh, well, the Apostle <laughs> Paul says they're crazy. And, yeah. and I'm going to read uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2, and then I'm going to read verses 12 to 19 because this is what the Apostle Paul had to say in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached unto you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless ye believed in vain. So he's talking about, this is the gospel that I preached to you. And then he goes on in verse 12, and he says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised that our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true, that the dead are not raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. God gave evidence that he raised Christ from the dead and said he would send him back to judge the world in righteousness. And that's what the faithful of Hebrews 11 were waiting for. Died having not receiving the promises, but greeted them from afar off, knowing that they would come to pass through the eye of faith. Oh, yeah, that's perfect, because you don't want your faith to be vain or, or empty, right? And mm -hmm. it's all based upon our belief in the in the resurrection. So we have to make sure that we get that right. You know, it was making me think of, there's another great resurrection passage in First Thessalonians chapter 4. And he mentions, this is Paul writing the Thessalonians, and he mentions there in verse 14, he says, For since we believe, or since we have faith— that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So what he's saying there, the falling asleep is those who have died, right? Right. And then he goes on to, to talk about Christ coming back, there being a, a great trumpet call, and the dead in Christ uh, will arise first from the dead. But I just want, in that verse 14, just to key in on that, for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, you know, it's all predicated on our faith and belief that Jesus Christ died and rose again, that we will be in the future right. resurrection. That's an That's essential what belief of our faith. Yeah. Without that, right. uh, our faith is doesn't have substance. Right. Yeah. Now, I just wanted to kind of back around here and come back to Hebrews 
is well, there's one aspect of the resurrection which is so important. What are we being resurrected to is also another important aspect to it. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. So there's a right. promise of a resurrection, receiving the gift of immortality. Right. But you're also given a place within God's kingdom. Right. right. It's the kingdom of God, which he tells us repeatedly in the Old Testament will be on the earth. Right. And so we should look for that in Hebrews chapter 11 as well. And just as an example of that, Hebrews is Hebrews 11 is packed with the word faith. But he also talks about faith a lot in the very first part of Hebrews. It's kind of an interesting book. I mean, there's a lot of talk of faith in chapters 3 and 4. Then he doesn't really talk about it for, through 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And then all of a sudden he picks up verse uh, chapter 11 and he talks a lot about faith. So there's kind of bookends in Hebrews about the, the aspect of faith. And in the very first part of Hebrews, he's talking about how the children of Israel came out of Egypt with Moses and they went through the Red Sea, and they came into the wilderness, and they were going towards the promised land, right? But he says there that in verse 19 of chapter 3 of Hebrews, he says, we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. So the children of Israel weren't able to obtain the promise, the promised land, or he, he terms it the rest, because they didn't believe in God, they, they believe the report of the, the ten spies, the false report about the land, rather than Joshua and Caleb, the faithful spies, who said, we can take it. Right. They did not think God could do what he said he had done. Right. Faith that he is and that he rewards them that diligently seek him. Right. Right. So that's the idea. Right. So I think it's interesting, like there's a chapter break there. Chapter four really rolls on the same thought. It says, Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, his rest is the promised land, right? right? Let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. So he takes that example of the children of Israel not being able to receive the reward because they were unbelieving, and he applies it to us. Because you see in verse 2, he says, for good news came to us just as to them. And it's interesting that word good news is the word gospel. Absolutely. <laughs> so they had the gospel preached to them, and they didn't believe. We have the gospel preached to us about receiving the kingdom, about entering God's rest, and we have to believe. If we don't believe in these things, the things that are unseen, and, and we're not moved by them, then we're not going to enter into, into that promise. Well, and that's the example that he gives us there. You see what happened? Don't follow their example. Believe. Have faith, like Noah, like Abraham, like Moses. Believe that the things God has told you will come to pass. All right. Oh, that's that's excellent, Tom. I think the uh, we've got a good basis here talking about what faith is, it's believing that God exists, believing you know from creation, from prophecy, but not just believing He exists, but believing in His promises. So it's believing in the things that He says are going to to come to pass. And absolutely, God has a purpose with this creation, and through the promises that He gave in the Scriptures, we know what that purpose is. Right, the kingdom of God. Right. This is a good start here, but we're going to talk in other episodes about okay, faith. 
how do we increase our faith? How do we get that faith, increase it, and the importance of faith, why it's important for salvation, and how it should move us to act, and also how we should be united in the faith is another key important aspect that these promises that we're talking about, the resurrection and the kingdom, are all things that we we should agree upon that should unite us. Okay? Great. Thanks for being here. And yeah, uh, we'll, We've we'll enjoyed it. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed it too. We'd love to hear from you. Go to www.essentialbiblestudies.org and fill out that contact form. We love the encouragement we've been getting from listeners. So a big shout out to George and Robert. You guys are the best. If you're on Facebook, then you can go to facebook.com slash essential Bible studies and like our page. You can also stay up to date on Instagram and Twitter. We love it when you share. This is a Christadelphian podcast supported by the Book Road Ecclesia in beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until we meet again, dear friends, I pray to God that you may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.